Most of us have been out of school for a long time now, and we haven't taken a real test in many, many years. So on today's show, we're going to do a pop quiz on retirement planning. If you fail, well, you could wind up living in a van down by the river. We certainly don't want that, so today we are here to help you ace this retirement test. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Welcome in to My Retirement Clarity. I'm Ben George. He's Lee Perkins. We're giving you a quiz today, a little pop quiz time, Lee. I know um, that was something that people probably didn't enjoy in school when it popped up and the teacher said, hey, I got some a quiz to, to hand you all. But today I think it's important because we're going to have a little fun with it. We're not going to hold anybody accountable for their grades, but hopefully everybody does well. Yep, yep. Hope so. My, you know, my kids are out for, for summer and I asked my daughter uh, a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago if she was ready to go back to school and she said yeah i said are you ready to see people are you ready for the (laughs) for the test and things she said no just just to to see people so yeah she's not excited about any kind of uh pop quiz or anything like that yeah all about the social side right there you go there you go all right well today will be a fun show so we got five different retirement questions for you and then we're also going to open up the mailbag and throw a couple questions lee's way as well that's all on today's episode of My Retirement Clarity, which you'll find online at MyRetirementClarity.com. Also, just we'll quickly mention, too, I know people will see here pretty soon, Lee, we're going to start rolling out new episodes every week as well. So I think for people that have enjoyed the show and have gotten a lot out of the show, and we appreciate everybody that has provided some feedback, it'll just be extra content for people to listen to. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, we can go ahead and make this announcement too. Our podcasts are now on video. I'm sitting in front of a camera right now doing this live. You know, we've got the whole studio set up with lighting and all that. So it's a little different for me. But, uh, you know, people kind of seeing what I do as I do a show should be should be interesting. Hopefully uh, it's not going to be too uncomfortable for me, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll do a good job with it. I know you always do. So I'm looking forward to the extra content. And it's not going to be me every show, too. You'll be doing a lot of uh, half the shows on your own, but it'll be good to uh, to hear you more and more on this episode of or on this podcast, My Retirement Clarity. So looking forward to it. Um, again, if you have questions for Lee afterwards, want to follow up on anything we talk about, you can always call JL Perkins Wealth Management directly at 478-254-3550. All right, let's jump into this quiz today. Lee, I have five different questions. And the really the goal of this is to kind of put your retirement planning preparedness under the microscope. And hopefully you know the answers to these, but if not, we'll explain the answers and why it's important for your future. So let's start off with this one, Lee. Number one here, at what age should people start saving for retirement? Now, good news is these are multiple choice. So here are your possible answers. A, when you begin working. B, when you buy your first home. Or C, when you've paid off all your debts. Yeah, I think you've started me off with a pretty easy one here, Ben. And the correct answer, without any doubt in my mind, is A. Um, it's, it's just really so important to get in the habit of, of setting aside money for retirement as soon as you start working. Now, I'm not talking about somebody uh, who's you know a teenager maybe that's going to work for Chick-fil-A or, or working at the golf course or something like that. Although if they wanted to start saving for retirement, I think that would be a fantastic idea. 
But really what I'm talking about here is somebody who is beginning their first real job, their first job out of, out of college or their, their first, quote, real job. You know, if, if you get in the habit of putting money away every month for retirement, especially at a very early age, chances are you're, you're going to wind up having some options that your you know, friends that, that are your age are not going to have later in life. And specifically, of course, what I'm talking about is, is retiring early. It's so easy nowadays to get a job and just begin building a lifestyle that, that really goes right up to what your monthly bring home money, your monthly bring home income is. Um, this is the norm. This is what everybody does. Spend every dime you make and, and live paycheck to paycheck without any sort of margin in your life. But if you're smart, you, you'll make that savings you know, a high priority uh, and make that the, the very first thing that you sort of set up in your first paycheck. Um, and, and I'm not saying that you don't need to put money away for, for your first house or for a car or things like that. You definitely want to do those things. You know, but have a number in mind and create a separate savings account for those kind of things. Um, now, let me address debt. You know, if we're talking about somebody who's young and starting out, hopefully they're, you know, they, they haven't jumped on the the debt hamster wheel, you know, at this stage of the, the game. Uh, but I know a lot of people do this. So, again, my final answer is A, start saving for retirement as soon as you begin working. Yeah, you can kind of do all these concurrently, right? Uh, just because you know, you're saving for a home or trying to pay down debt doesn't mean you can't be saving as well. That's correct. Just, you know, it's like, like Dave Ramsey always says, tell your money where to go <laughs> rather than wondering where it went. Oh, that's a great one. I love it. All right. So that's uh, question number one. Hopefully you got that one correct. How about question number two, which of these is the best estimate of how much income you're going to need in retirement? Is it a 50% of your current income? B, 85% of your current income, C, 100% of your current income, or D, none of the above? All right, Ben, my answer here is probably not going to be as popular with, with folks as some of the answers, but in my opinion, the correct answer is D, okay. none of the above. And I, and I think the reason that a lot of people may disagree with this is that almost every single article that's ever been written goes back to the the same old idea that you need to retire and then live on about 85% of what you made before you quit working. And I've seen this number in literally dozens and dozens of, of retirement articles. Um, there's even retirement planning software that, you know, they use 85% of current income and set that as the default income need in retirement. And so, you know, for me, it's just really one of the most arbitrary ways that you can determine your retirement income. It, it, it it just doesn't make any sense. But it's a popular question, and that's why there's so many bad articles written about it, I think. So the amount of income that you need in retirement is directly proportional to the expenses that you've got every month. That's it. You know, if you've got $4,000 a month of expenses, just because you retire doesn't mean you need $3,000 a month. You need at least $4,000 a month of income. Um, and so kind of along the same line, a similar question that I get all the time, Ben, is how much money do I need to have saved for retirement before I can, you know, pull the trigger? And the answer is, well, it, I mean, it depends. It all depends on your expenses. Tell me what those expenses are, and I can help you put together a really good income plan. Um, and so this is why I cringe every time I see an article that says, hey, you need at least a million dollars to retire. It's, it's really kind of dumb. Um, because like I've said on this, this podcast, tons of times I've met people who can retire 
and live like kings and queens in retirement, oh, way less than a million dollars. But I've seen people with three, four, five million dollars that, that don't have enough to retire. And so again, it's all about expenses, and that's how you determine how much income you need. It's not an arbitrary number like 85%. Yep. You're always best off working with someone, a financial professional to help you figure out that number because you might be in better shape than you ever realized, or you might need to do a little bit more work to catch up. So good one to know there, Lee. None of the above for here for number two. All right. Number three, which of these do you find that retirees fear the most? Is it A, not leaving enough to the kids, B, running out of money, or C, needing nursing home care? All right. The answer here, in my opinion, is not a slam dunk okay. uh, because certainly there are people that, that worry about all of these things. Um, but I would say most people, of course, most people want to be able to leave money to their kids. And certainly um, that possibility of, of needing nursing home care in the future, that that looms over all of us. But probably the idea of of running out of money is the one that most people worry about. Um, and we see that right now, of course, with markets being down. Um, you know, sometimes people can't see the end of the downturn. And so in their minds, the market is just going to keep going down until those those accounts go to zero. And so our minds trick us into believing the worst case scenario. But the reality is market volatility like we're going through right now is normal. Uh, but how we react during these times of volatility really has a lot to do with our, our long-term results. And so, you know, if you're one of these people that that jump in and out of the market because of the news of the day, and, and the news is crazy today, um, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to wind up doing more damage to your long-term plan, um, you know, if, if you do that, try to time the market. Um, and and if if you're doing that, jumping in on the in and out of the market. That's exactly what you're doing. You're you're trying to time the market. So, you know, if you're scared of running out of money, you, you need to invest your money in a way that takes into account that there are going to be periods of time when the stock market is going down, just like what we're going through right now. Mm -hmm. So sort of along that same line, people ask me all the time, they say, Lee, what is the best investment strategy in retirement um, that I could put together to keep me from running out of money? Well, that answer is simple. It's the one that you can stick with in up markets and in down markets. Yeah, so so very important. Is I guess uh, not leaving enough to the kids is probably one that you can eliminate pretty quickly because it doesn't really affect retirement, right? You might that might be a goal of yours, but it doesn't actually affect your retirement necessarily. Right, and and, and I'll tell you, I have conversations with people who kind of along two lines. There's some groups of people that I'll talk with, and they're like. You know, I've given my kids, I've set them up for success. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to take care of our, our, our retirement, the joy, our money that we save. But I have met with people that, man, they will almost take a step back in an in retirement lifestyle to, to continue to shuffle money to their kids and, and, um, or, or they don't want to spend money because they just want to leave everything to the kids. And I just don't think that's healthy. You know, we want to take care, care of our kids and we want to, you know, maybe leave them better off than our parents left us. But don't do it to the detriment of your quality of life in retirement. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes. And I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart. And you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, 
Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right. On to number four here on our retirement planning quiz today. Which of these examples best represents a diversified retirement plan? Is it A, a mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds? B, three rental homes in different neighborhoods, along with a significant amount of cash in the bank? C, 10 to 12 different mutual funds? Or is it D, none of the above? There's so much that goes into to retirement planning, Ben, that the word diversification or diversified really takes on several different meetings. So I'm going to go with, with D on this answer, none of the above. Like I've said, we, we've been trained to believe that diversification simply means the right stocks and you know, the right mix of stocks and bonds. This is important and you want to make sure you've got the right mix. And like we just talked about, you want to make sure that you develop a plan that you can stick with in up markets and the down markets and, and don't be jumping in and out of the, of, of the market all the time. But I think it's all, it's just as important to have, you know, tax diversification in your overall plan. You know, if you've got, let's say, you know, 95 or 100% of your money in a qualified retirement plan, you know, like a, a 401k or an IRA, you know, you're really at the absolute mercy of the IRS when it comes to how much of your money that you get to keep. You know, as taxes increase, you're going to get less of the money from that distribution. So ideally, you're going to have some money you know, in a, in a qualified tax status, you know, some money in a non-qualified tax status, and maybe even some in a tax-free status, like a Roth IRA or something like that. So this way, you know, when, not if, when taxes increase, you're going to have <clears throat> more flexibility on how you, you know, how you pay or how you don't pay your taxes. And so that's, you know, that's one way of diversification that I, that I think, um, people sort of overlook. Um, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a buddy of mine a few years ago that um, that had a kid that went to college and he said there was a real learning curve. And, and what I'm talking about here kind of going in is in time diversification and retirement. So his kid went to college and he said that my son had to learn that he could not drink all of the beer that he had in Athens. <laughs> so when he got to school, that's all he did. Um, once he figured it out, he did a whole lot better in school. And so to me, it's the same thing in retirement. You can't just play golf every single day. You can't spend every day on a cruise. You know, you can't sit on your back deck every day. Uh, the folks that enjoy retirement the most are the ones who allocate their time among a variety of different activities. So yeah, diversification in retirement is important, but it's not just in investment diversification. I think there's tax diversification. There's time diversification. You know, I think you need to diversify your time between who you spend your time with. Um, one of the challenges I'll tell you that that people have is once they retire and, and come home and they're in their house all day, every day with their spouse, that can be stressful. So you have to have some healthy time with your spouse, but I think some healthy time away from from each other as well so you know my parents have told me that so i think it's important 
It is important. Good time, too, as you, you touch on taxes, Lee, just to go ahead and quickly mention our Ticking Tax Time Palm book offer that you that you provide for anyone that listens to the podcast. I know a lot of people have taken advantage of that. Yeah, and there's, you can actually see a picture of it if you're watching this on video over my shoulder here. Uh, the book is called Diffuse, Seven Steps to, to Diffusing the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb. It's just a, a short, easy read that, that uh, we put together maybe about two years ago now uh, with some actionable items and some strategies that you can do right now to help you be better prepared for when taxes increase. All you have to do is text the word Diffuse, D-E-F-U-S-E, to 478-475-2050. Uh, just give us a name and contact information and we'll we'll ship that book right out to you. All right. I've got one more question to run by you here, Lee, on our quiz. To make sure you don't run out of money in retirement, only withdraw blank percent from your portfolio every year. Is it A, 1%, B, 4%, C, 6%, or D, find a different strategy altogether? Yeah. You know, I'm not really a big fan of a fixed percentage withdrawal sort of as a rule. So I'm going to go with D here on this this question. Okay. Uh, find a different strategy. So like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, you know, I, I think your income should be based on, on what you need. Um, now, certainly you need to make sure that what you're taking is not too much from your portfolio because you don't want to put yourself in a position of running out of money. But I also think that your strategy for, for income and retirement has got to build in some level of flexibility. Um, and I think we just do a disservice to ourselves to say, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to average a 6% return every year and I'm going to withdraw 4%. And, you know, magically it's going to all work out. Well, this works every single time in a spreadsheet when there are straight line returns, but that's not how the world works. You know, it's not what happens in real life. And that's what's going on right now. You know, lots of times I'll have people meet with me and say, hey, Lee, I just want to live off the interest. Again, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. And, and it was probably made popular at some point in the past by some Ivy League professor with no real world experience to back up this idea. And so, you know, people say, hey, Lee, I just I, I don't want to touch the principal. I want to live off the interest. Well, let's let's play that out. Let's say you've got a million dollars. All right. So we're only living off the interest here. You got a million dollars and in the first year the market does well and you get a 10% return. Well, congratulations, you get to live off of $100,000. But what happens the next year when the market's down? You know, say it's down 5 or 10% and there's there's no interest. What are you going to do for income? Mm-hmm. You know, well, again, that's that's why the live off the interest strategy is not a is not a good idea. So I think the better strategy is to build a plan that takes into consideration all of your income sources, you know, things like a pension or social security, all those different kind of things, but it also considers your needs and how they change over time. You know, when your your house is paid off and you free up a, a thousand or two thousand dollars a month, well, your income needs are going to change. Um, and of course, they'll change again when you get too old to do a lot of the things that you're doing right now. Um, so again, I think your income plan needs to be flexible and not a set percentage. All right. Very good. That's the retirement quiz today. Again, if you have questions, follow up with Lee. You can schedule a meeting. Very simple. Just go to talkwithlee.com. And again, also make sure you take advantage of that ticking tax time bomb book offer. Just text Diffuse to 478-475-2050.
All right, Lee, let's get to a mailbag question or two before we close out this episode of the podcast. We'll actually reverse things and actually quiz you a little bit here before we get out of here. Uh, First question came in from Johnny, who's in Atlanta. says, I have a weird situation. I've been very aggressive about funding my IRAs and 401ks over the years, so I have close to $2 in those accounts. But I'm only 54 and suddenly find myself needing cash for a major home repair that I did not expect. I feel poor because I have less than 5000 in the bank because all of my money is tied up in retirement accounts. Should I just go ahead and take the money out of the, the IRA and eat the penalty that I'd have to pay for taking it out early? All right. You definitely don't want to do that, Johnny. Um, if you're, you're in a bind and you got to have money, we got to have a better strategy than, than tipping the IRS and giving them a 10% penalty for an early withdrawal. So if we could go back several years, you know, I would have told you, let's don't pile everything into the 401k. Let's give yourself uh, build up an emergency fund or build up, you know, a, another savings account for, for some other type of purchase or whatever. But in the situation you're in right now, we can't go back and do that. So I would say your better option is probably going to wind up doing some type of equity line of credit on your house, assuming you do own your house. And, and if you've got $2 million in a 401k, I'm going to make that assumption. So uh, just go to your bank, uh, see if you can do an equity line of credit. And that's going to be the best way for you to pay for this uh, home repair. All right. Appreciate that question. Johnny, one more from Fred, who is in Macon. says, I think we're at the bottom of the market and we'll finish way up for the year. Time to load up on stocks. Do you agree? All right. So this question did not come from Fred. It came from a buddy of mine who who sent in this message because he knows that I'm not a stock timer. <laughs> uh, so I, I changed the name to protect my buddy's um, <laughs> Buddy's identity. Um, no, I'm not a stock timer. And this person is just kind of poking fun at me a little bit because he knows that uh, I'm going to caution against this idea of trying to guess, pick the bottom and get in or get out when it's high. Again, don't, don't try to do that. Like I said earlier, put together a plan that you can stick with through up markets and down markets. And so, Fred, thank you for writing in. All right. Very good. All right. If you have questions for us, you can send them in to us. Visit myretirementclarity.com. If you just would rather just ask your question directly to Lee. You can always do that. Just visit talkwithlee.com. You can schedule a meeting there. And if you want to jot down a phone number, you can do that. It's 478-254-3550. All right, good good show today, Lee. I know this retirement quiz, hopefully most people got it right. And if not, they learned something along the way. But all, all these things we talked about today are so important in retirement. Yep, I enjoyed it, man. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you for listening to My Retirement Clarity for Lee Perkins over at JL Perkins Wealth Management. I am Ben George. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.